What's up, you guys? It is February 23rd, 2022. This is Sean Ross Sat for Fightful Wrestling, your AEW Dynamite review, brought to you by NordVPN.com slash Fightful and HelixSleep.com slash Fightful. Uh, down below me is Alex Palowski, who is on the uh, absolutely not award-winning, but should be FightfulSelect.com. We had some very interesting scoops today. I'll brag about yeah. them later, but he's got a couple of shows on that platform. He'll also be here next week after SmackDown and after Revolution, as I will be um, out of town for those shows. Alex, how you doing? Um, I'm 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 doing really good. Uh, we had a really fun uh, post NXT show on this year's channel last night with with me and uh, Miss Kate Fabe, where we got to take in all of Nikita Lyons because she just Put it all out there for us. That was a that was a lot of fun. And then uh, I'm gonna do the show with her next Friday and next Saturday. Like, what an honor to be able to to do the post show for this pay per view because it is just stacked, and I can't wait. We've also got a Robert D. Felice. Robert, how you doing? Doing pretty good. You know, love AEW pay per views. They will be a marathon afterwards because of all the media, but. This is one hell of a show that's building up. Yeah, we've got Alex uh, on the post show uh, that frees up Jeremy to do a lot of post-revolution coverage because, man, those nights are absolutely insane. And if you've subscribed to Fightful Select and listened to my Q&A shows, you've heard me mention that AW Double or Nothing was going to be at T-Mobile Arena. Uh, this has been discussed for quite some time. We are going to have a ton of notes on Fightful Select out of stuff that happened on tonight's show, but we had a couple of big pieces of news. I assume that if you're watching this, you probably already know, but I reported that Swerve Strickland signed with AEW. That is going down. And I reported today that Jonathan Gresham was backstage. He did not appear on the show. That is a very interesting name to have backstage. And it's very interesting, particularly because he's got to be in Atlanta tomorrow for Terminus, which Steven Jensen of Fightful Select will also be at. So uh, subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Uh, the news is far from stopping there, my friends. I've got a lot more coming and a lot more good stuff. But leave a thumbs up on this video. Please donate a Super Chat or a Humper Chat. The Super Chats on YouTube.com slash Fightful are that little dollar sign at the bottom. You may say, what the heck are Humper Chats? It is our PayPal Streamlabs platform. If you want to leave your question or statement, you can do so even when we're off the air. You can leave it for the next show at humperchats.com. Laredo's Finest says, how do you see AEW and WWE in five years in general? Um, I think AEW will have improved their spot. I think they'll be even more competitive. And I don't. I think WWE will be owned by someone else. That's uh, my my position. Do you guys have any, any perhaps dissenting views on that? I mean, I think one of the ways that AEW will improve their spot is they'll have... Either they'll be a part of the HBO Max service or they'll have their own streaming service and they might be doing more premium live events because they'll have them streaming um, and they might be doing more of those. We might be building to more things more often. Uh, but right now, I love this quarterly thing because it means that every card, when you pay for it, you're getting your money's worth and then some. And, and the TV shows are usually more loaded. Robert, I said it on the list in your boy today. If you're AEW, you want to be on the same streaming service as Peacemaker and Euphoria. Peacemaker, because John Cena is on that show. Euphoria, because that demographic are the people you want to grab. 
Right. They still don't have a live component, so that concerns me. But I do sure. think within five years, at least, they would have realized how to be on a streaming platform. I hope you're wrong about WWE. I don't have any interest in seeing them get swallowed up by a conglomerate that isn't Disney. And my guess is Disney isn't interested. Your mic is going a little in and out. It's been doing it the last couple of weeks. Just a heads up. Bako5 says, non-wrestling related, but keep the folks in Ukraine in your thoughts and donate to humanitarian efforts in the area if you can. Terrible situation. Yes, it is. Rob Reed says, Damian Priest saying he wants to face main event level talent. Is it possible that's Cody's mania match? Nope. I don't think so. Daniel R says, Sean wanted to say, I love your Killer Cross interview. He has hair. I feel like there are times now where AEW has won too many matches and I would just have extra time for the main event. Alex, as a bald man, please tell me your feelings on uh, perhaps being deceived, betrayed, um, forsaken by Killer Cross, who revealed, oh, yeah, I could grow hair this whole time. I was just not for the character. Well, as a bald man, you learn to spot where the patches are on a freshly shaved head. Um, where okay, well, he can't grow it here, 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 and here, which is why he does the whole thing. And if you actually grew it out, you'd see little, little spots where it's not going in very well, or you'd have like a Moxley situation where like the hairline just starts to go back and back and back. But whenever he had a shaved head, you could tell, no, that as a fellow bald man, I could tell, no, nah, that guy can grow hair if he wants. He's he's a fake baldy. And he those is. guys, if you can actually grow hair and you shave your head anyway, come on, man. Just just have a thick, lustrous head of hair. I'd give anything to have it back. Guys, check out that interview with Killer Cross. He was very transparent about his WWE time and inspiration from Sean O'Hare. He said, uh, I don't know how you couldn't feel like they were dismantling Triple H's vision of NXT. And how about this? I got X-Pac, Sean Waltman, on Thursday on Fightful. So excited for that. I'm going to interview him a whole lot. He is uh, talking to me ahead of GCW. Welcome to Heartbreak. Jambeard says WWE will join the Disney family in five years. AEW will get up to six pay-per-views, I hope. I think they will eventually get up to five or six pay-per-views. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, that's that's going to happen. Bako5 says this dynamite humped more than two cousins. At a family reunion in Tennessee. Oh, boy. ShotKid29 says, Revolution looks nuts. Highlight the benefit of gambling on an insanely deep roster with a few pay-per-views. That guarantees the shows are stacked. And I Love Me Some Sova says, Can I please pay for Revolution now? So, one of the talking points you will hear a lot tonight from detractors is, they keep signing people. They keep signing people. But... Look at the shows they're putting on. Like, you don't have to go back to the well with rematch, rematch, rematch. And you can put on, Robert, one of the most loaded, and I feel comfortable saying this, one of the most loaded pay-per-view lineups that I have ever seen. And we will we will attack it in, in sing, one by one, but is that one of the benefits that you see of this expanding roster? Well, yeah, and above all else, you just mentioned WWE dismantling Triple H's vision of NXT looks like Tony Khan gets it because uh, that roster is loaded with former NXT guys and they make the shows all that much better because they get how to present a main event level show and it's just exciting and special and there's really only one match I could do without on the whole pay-per-view so far and that's saying something. 
Brendan says, not a huge fan of the show overall tonight, but it did a good job of hyping up the pay-per-view, so it did its job in that sense. Uh, This felt more like a go-home show to me than I think next week's go-home show will feel to me. Uh, I guess we'll see. But uh, I'm with you. Like, to me, it it was a lot of promo stuff that helped build that pay-per-view more than anything else. Curtis says AEW's roster has gotten so great that every segment has at least one talent I want to see. That's the benefit of signings. Great build to the pay-per-view. And Nurguru says AEW has been on a streak of home runs every week, it feels special. Uh, since that Punk Mox FTR match, I just felt this big rush of energy. Revolution is bonkers good right now. That's what I call Stu Pendus. Well, as far as the in-ring, I was like, yeah, it was it was fine, but it was promo work tonight. That's that's what a lot of this was about. Because a battle royal, which we're going to kick off this show with, I'm a sucker for battle royals. I love them, but they're not usually that good in the ring. And this is not a match that I'm ever going to watch again, Alex. Um, no, it's not. But I really <laughs> appreciated how they laid it out. Yes. By the time it got down to the final six, one representative from all these great tag teams and also the right representative from the tag team. We've got Santana. We got Trent. We got Johnny Hungy. We got uh, Dax. We got, you know, like it, that was really, really well laid out. I loved all the storytelling that wove through the whole thing so that by the time when Kyle won, as we're going to talk about in a second, like it made sense with everything else that had happened throughout. You have all these guys who have history with other matches. You have that great moment between Trent and Santana, and they call back to that to that feud they had back back when Proud and Powerful were heels, and they're mostly faces now. But Trent still remembers getting punched in the face by Santana a bunch. So I love that. Also, this match made me just r- regret that we didn't get. Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly versus FTR when they were the revival at least a half dozen times during the years they were under the same roof, basically. And and now I need to see a full-on Kyle O'Reilly versus Dax Harwood match. Like 10 minutes, just let them kill each other because these guys work great together. I I really love this battle royal. Uh, check out that interview with Renee Paquette with uh, Dax Harwood, too. I think it's a very important interview. He talked about, like how he used to be walk around miserable backstage and like was looking to be angry. There's a lot to learn from that as well. Chris rain says excited for red dragon, winning the battle Royal, hoping they take the tag titles and rerun says the crowd reaction during Santana Trent moment, warmed my cold dead heart. Love that the crowd remembers that was the highlight for me. And there were, there were a few highlights. They, they, I love the story that you mentioned that they did Alex, but Robert to see them, the, the audience, recognize and respect the the parking lot brawl that was one of the best matches I've ever seen. That was very cool. Was there anything in, in particular that you looked at and you're like, okay, I'm glad they referenced this? Well, first of all, they referenced that we haven't seen a lot of FTR and the Bucks because when they stood face-to-face, it was like, yes, here we go again. Because that's a match that you would have thought they would have ran into the ground and they did it once. You know, and I can't wait to see that again. And I can't wait to see Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish do whatever they do at the pay-per-view because they're the team to beat. And I think I'm biased, but I think you should strap the rocket to them right away. I, uh, I'm all for Santana and Ortiz becoming the next tag team champions. I think that would be very, very good, but we'll, we'll see. 
Sova says, Santana gave us another great meme tonight that he did. That he did. Oscar says, love the new additions to this roster, but should TK cool it? My guess is a lot of the AEW OGs will not be renewed or have their contracts downgraded. He's already said they will. He said that some of them that aren't being used will likely have that done. However, there are some that that I know have been renewed of late as well. But if you got dark, dark elevation, two hours of dynamite, an hour of rampage, you want to give people a week off here and there? You want to give people three months off here and there? Mm -hmm. Sign them up. 813 Car Guy says, Revolution is so stacked, I'm now looking to upgrade my seats. That's pretty awesome. Uh, Eloquent says, any interest I had in control your narrative ended today. LOL, yikes. Yep, I ain't going to that show. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love EC3 personally. Love the guy. I'm having weekly chats with him on Fightful Select about this show. I'll have some questions about, I, I don't know, why you booking Austin Aries for any reason ever, even mm-hmm. if there's a fire. Patrick Johnson asks, if, is Jay White done with AEW? I had heard there weren't long-term plans for him there. Chris Rain says, have you heard of AMC? It will be showing Revolution. It was so much fun watching the last one in the theater. Yes, uh, select ones will be showing it. They revealed that today. I am Lucha says, SRS speaks facts. That killer cross convo humped. I mean, I've, I've known him for about three years. We first uh, talked at StarCast and... Uh, we got along really, really well after that, and I was really happy to finally make this happen. I didn't want to be a vulture and be like, give me your first interview. Give me your first one. And I know he had talked about a lot of this stuff before, but he was really candid about it a- as well. So, uh, undis- Indisputed Era, moving on to the tag match. I mean, Alex, it, it sure seems like we're going to get the Bucks added to that, yeah? I mean, based on the, the post-match as well, and Adam Colby and like, listen indisputed era get along with them do whatever you can to make this work yeah um uh the the yeah the, the post match was was really was really great because you know kyle like kyle later said i blacked out and of course he didn't um when he eliminated uh final jackson and i i'm i'm really intrigued by what we do with this I, it, it feels to me like you have undisputed era red dragon you have them there uh, with the Bucks in that triple threat match, eventually at Revolution, they cost each other the match by focusing too much on each other and not being able to. And then all of a sudden, well, one of them gets shit canned out, and the other, and they and they take the pin from uh, from the Express, and uh, and there you go. And then we can actually just have a full on feud coming out of Revolution with those two teams hating each other, and they don't need to have the title attached to that feud. That that's a big enough thing. O'Reilly and Fish versus the Jacksons is a big enough thing that they don't need the title. But later, whenever whoever wins that feud can go for the belts, and I think there's a way of, of doing it where you can get a lot of great tag action without having to do that feud for the belts. So I always think it's better if you have your main feud for any belt be for the belts, but this is one that wouldn't really need it. So after the match, Hangman Page comes out. He goes for story time and runs down Cole and the Bucks. And it, well, I think it's important to note the Bucks stepped aside while Hangman Page did his business. Yeah, there's there's a whole lot of whose side is he on on about like everybody from Bullet Club. I'm talking like who's what company is Cody Rhodes on? Uh, Jay White, God, the Good Brothers over an Impact. 
Whose side is he on? That got solved recently. You've got Paige, the Bucks, the Indisputed Era, Adam Cole, Kenny Omega. There's a lot of pieces that are just floating around and we don't necessarily know where they're going to land. We've got Chris Rain saying that was a great promo by Hangman. Loved him diving into their history. That's important because it's 2022 and I'm interested in these Bullet Club members and not members and the history. I don't know how to put it into words, but at some point it ends with one of these and a bunch of people in the ring somehow like cuz it all that's how it all started i think that's how it all ties in as well but i love them playing off of history alex reward me for watching the show yeah i, I love it i love it as well um and also it, it it allows for anybody who's like wow i really love this it allows them to know where to look and like get get more backstory if you want to like flesh out this whole thing them there is a history there acknowledging it Letting it play into the continued story between these people, that's a good thing, not a bad thing. Trying to erase the history that happened, oh, I don't know, six and a half weeks ago because it doesn't fit the current narrative, that's bad. Like, let's actually get a a story that that follows these competitors throughout their careers. I think that's a really great thing. Zach says, I want Undisputed Era to walk out of Revolution with all the gold, but I don't see that happening. Do you, Robert? I'd see it happening because I think if you're Tony Khan, this is the biggest F you you can give. I have your guys. I made them champions because you were too stupid to. I win. I mean, he they did make them champions, though. To be yeah, fair. but they didn't make them champions on the big show. That's true. But I mean, I think quite possibly a, another bigger F you would be like, I've got your guys and they're not champions. Although that's the <laughs> WWE's way of doing it. That's the WWE's way of that's, doing that's it. That's what they'll do with Cody. Alan Marks says, remember, uh, thank you, Alan. You've been so generous today. Big thank you. You, you donated a lot on Listen You Boy as well. We are a publicly funded website, so this is greatly appreciated. He says, remember at the end of the day, Tony Khan's producing a television show. If there's a performer that is not creating compelling stories for whatever e- reason, then they're either going to improve their performance or somewhere else will. That's life. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the Nightmare Collective did not work out. And uh, everybody knew it wasn't going to work out. So they moved on and I completely agree with Alan. There are some people that I think probably would be better off. I mean, they didn't bring Melanie Cruz back. She wasn't working out for him. Awesome. Kong wasn't there to tell stories for him. She ain't there anymore. If you follow sports every year, your team has free agents that come up because their contracts up and your team might try to resign them or they might not. And that's just how, that's just how it works. It's not like, like it's different to be like, you know, cutting a guy with time on his deal left is a different thing than than the the uh their contract running out and us not resigning him we've got uh jam beard saying give me page and bucks versus cole and red dragon i think yeah, omega and bucks versus cole and red dragon i think that's the one and then uh hangman moves on to his next story uh speaking of daniel says story time with adam page baby I thought that was so good. It really has been something I've wanted to do ever since Cole got there. Paige has really grown since the first double or nothing. Man, I remember when they were christening him. Like, he's the next guy. He's the next guy back in ROH. And I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know. And then of all people, I think he had a match with, uh, I believe it was Damian Priest. I, I or Maybe it was, um, if I'm remembering right. Is that a final uh, battle? There you go. It was like a 10-minute sprint. Yeah. And holy cow. I was like, 
That's it. That's it. Whoo, boy. Yeah, and the ties go deeper, too. I would love it if they could bring this up, but they probably can't because Roddy's under contract. But Adam Page got his first major break as the young boy for the decade, yes. which was Strong and Jacobs. And I'd love it if they could get Roddy to do anything, but obviously that probably can't happen right now. Also, uh, BJ Whitmer works for the company, and there was a lot of stuff there as well. Bill says, from one fellow bald man to another, stay strong. Well, MJF did not stay strong. He was very emotional tonight. I didn't know how this promo was going to go, how it was going to work out, how it would be received. It was almost unanimous praise online, as it should have been. This was wild. MJF was vulnerable. We've never seen him this vulnerable, unless you maybe you watched MLW and then you saw a promo very similar to this. But he talked about being younger and being bullied and trying to fit in and making the football team and being the linebacker, then getting bullied for being Jewish, which is a thing that happened to him. This is not him cooking up something. Maybe maybe the story, maybe the, the timeline of events was uh, dramatized, but that absolutely happened. He's spoken about it before. And CM Punk said that was just a Friday to him when he had that picture taken. Well, to MJF, it was a lot more. He didn't deny what CM Punk said. He he reinforced it. He said, yeah, maybe it was a Friday for you, but it was a lot more to me because I looked up to you. And I knew that on that day where people bullied me and threw quarters at me and made fun of me for being Jewish, that I was going to go get to see my hero and I could do what you did. And then when you left in 2014, when I needed you the most, when I was trying to decide what to do with my life, go to college, be a wrestler. You left when I needed you the most. This was unreal good. CM Punk walked out to the ring and looked genuine like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, I'll tell you what he was doing. He was giving CM Punk a good faith argument that Punk does not usually address. We've heard and seen all the people that are like, LOL, you quieter. I bought your house. Like he's talked about that on the podcast. This wasn't it, guys. We'll start with Alex. This was MJF saying, yeah, yeah, there are those people, but what about the people that did care about you? What about the people you did motivate? What about the people you did inspire because you left us too and we weren't the ones that were shitty to you? They were. Why haven't you told us anything? This kicked ass. Kicked all kinds of ass. Uh, him walking out with his little scarf with the microphone, already red-eyed, saying, you know, come on music, and he's starting talking, and, and the people booing him, like, shut the fuck. Like, like they're they're doing everything because they because they, they expect they expect him to be a little shit heel, because that's what he's been this whole time. And and he he got that like uh, there were people who were derisively mocking him when he was telling the story about rolls of quarters being thrown at him. Yeah. And by the end of this thing, he had people standing up and cheering him. That's a damn magic trick. Hmm. MJF is a wizard. Like this, this was some of the f finest. And the thing about it is that I, that I, it's not even acting because he's telling it from his actually lived experiences, but it's some of the best in-ring promo acting that I've ever seen. 
like him being able to conjure up all of those real emotions in the moment and and being able to get every twist them into the palm of his hand and then him saying that like i did all of this to become this to spite cm punk all of that what that what that does for cm punk is it it presents him with a real life in the flesh argument for why him leaving wasn't a victimless crime because he he did he had to leave to get himself right but that doesn't mean that there's no collateral damage all there were there were millions of people out there who idolized him and and were left they felt abandoned by his choice now that doesn't mean he shouldn't have made it but he needs to know the face of what that was for other people and it was presented to him in the face of his mortal enemy that's comic book shit that's like that's an Shakespearean. That's awesome. Basically, this was MJF's "They Called Me Mr. Glass" promo. Like this thing was so fire in every way. Punk coming out and being like, "Is that true? Is that is that because because there's no way that it also in, in Punk's mind it can't be true because if it is true, it causes him to completely question everything he's done for the last seven years, and you don't want to do that because that's that's weird. But also, there's genuine concern in Punk. Because if if that's if that's what I made you feel, I'm I I want to say I'm sorry, but I don't believe you. All of that is going through his mind, and th- and 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 right before MJF gets out of the out of the ring, a single tear rolls down his cheek. My Ooh. God, this was good, Robert. This was MJF saying you were the voice of the voiceless. Then you left us without a voice. This was amazing. This is professional wrestling at its best. When Punk did the thing with Eddie Kingston, the thing I said I liked the most was they're human beings telling a human story. And this is another take on that. The good thing about this is you can see it happening in Memphis in like the 80s or 70s or on WWE TV. It's just a really good story. And the best thing about this is CM Punk now needs to deal with, am I really just the bad guy? Have I just been too self-absorbed? And that, to me, says so much more about the whole story of his return than anything else ever could. Oh, man, we've got a lot of people talking about this. Rory, you sent an incredibly generous super chat. Thank you so much, Rory Bisson. He says, MJF is the greatest thing going on in wrestling, and it's not even close. This was a promo-heavy show compared to normal. It felt like everything, it felt like it, but everything was great. Jade kissing Ty's forehead due to the height difference was funny and adorable. So, this is this is kind of why I think a lot of that LOL, your mom, your family's incest type of stuff. Like that's what MJF does when he just when he's indifferent. When he doesn't like you or he's emotional, he's cutting to your heart. Like that that's the stuff he throws at you if you do, if he doesn't think you're worth his time. Yeah. But if he thinks you're worthy of a response, goddamn, he's going to dig at you. He's going to find something that makes you question, am I actually the piece of shit? Because that's what MJF is. He's gaslighting you every time. He's making you think, this is the biggest piece of shit I've ever met in my life, but am I actually the piece of shit? And that's amazing (laughs) heel work. That's so good. Uh, Alan Mark says MJF did all that he did with his promo to do it on live TV in one take was genius. Yeah, it's great great stuff. Railroaders said this was his real-life villain origin story. 
And I am a Lucha says, such a sick promo. We all bought a ticket. Everyone sees the swerve coming, right? Like using some kind of real life uh, to break punk down. Either way. Well, it's funny you say that. Don't we all see it coming? Because Spicy Special says, does this lead to a double turn with MJF and CM Punk? I'd give them a standing ovation. MJF is syndrome from the Incredibles. That is yeah. very funny. Um, Robert, do you think a heel, a double turn is possible? And how could they pull it off? With they two? sold me on it, and it's simple. He's in the Anaconda Vice with the chain around him, and he passes out from bleeding too much, and Punk doesn't <laughs> let go because he doesn't buy it. And Punk's got those crazy eyes. Oh, yeah. And oh, Punk can do it, too. Punk it, Punk can be a piece of shit. Yes, he knows he exactly can. how to do it. And I think tonight proved that MJF could be the babyface, but I don't think it's time. I think there's too much meat on the bone. There's still more with Wardlow, and you can't do that if MJF is a big That's, that's a good point. I think we get two double turns in this course of one match. I think that... Not only will MJF convince, convince like M Punk won't believe MJF, and we will by the time that this happens. So that the point of that CM Punk refusing to to buy all of MJF stuff, and we'll be like, Punk, don't do it, don't do it, Punk, but he's gonna do it anyway. Like, <laughs> oh, he's a heel, and then MJF will reveal that he was lying the whole time, which will therefore make Punk a babyface again. And him a heel again. Like, we'll be, it'll be that kind of a thing. But Punk will have not bought it the whole time. Like, I think that'll be a really interesting way <laughs> it's to do it. next level. Some uh, eloquent asks who goes over. Punk goes over. Punk. I, I think so. Yeah. Nerd Guru says, praying for a double turn that is literally just you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain injected in. This is, I want these rich stories. I want these natural stories. We all knew that this was going to have a story. And this has been going on since Thanksgiving, like before Thanksgiving. And it's going to continue through March or until March. It's a good three, four month story that I, that, that built and built and built. Oscar says the greatest testament of how good MJF is, is turning the crowd on punk with a heartfelt promo. And Ryan says that he pinned that promo as Stan. Woo. You know what though? CM Punk, is a master of the little things. And one of my favorite things, he had one fist still ready to go in case MJF was messing with him. Yeah. But he was genuinely concerned, but he's always leery. Chris Frazier asks if uh, we see them do a double turn, which we, of course we addressed, man, that would be special. Uh, even the way that Alex laid it out, I think. Hamlet says MJF's next promo will reunite Punk and Colt Cabana, maybe. I'd be That's surprised. I'd be surprised. Anything's possible. Chris Rain says uh, MJF giving a master class with this promo. And uh, Earth 18 says, as a Jewish man, I've heard that story from him before, but it hits just as hard hearing him tell it again. I mean, yeah. And that's him playing off his history, playing off his real motivations and inspirations as well. Curtis says MJF's promo was an extraordinary performance that made him an uber babyface to me. A surprising turn in the story. Where do you see this going? I see MJF being revealed actually as a piece of shit, per usual. Um, yeah, Josh says seeing MJF cry got me with all the feels. See, that's that's that is also a great sign of a good performer, a good heel. They send you on the roller coaster. 
Daniel wouldn't mind if Punk turned and both were heels. <laughs> Where he just turned at MJF's like, I'm not done being a trash person yet. That's not how we're doing this. <laughs> oh, man. Bako5 says, TK better back the Brinks truck up for MJF. Let me tell you guys, you think 2021 and 2022 have been crazy? 2024, I, the stuff I'm hearing about 2024, oh boy. Cole's Train says, the kind of promo that Cody always got close to but never could quite get there. It was mesmerizing and dra- dramatic without being cornball. I think Cody got there a couple times. I think Cody has cut a couple p- promos. I think his last promo aged very well. That one where he came out and talked uh, talked about how he did all the things that CM Punk said he was going to do. I think that's aged even better. I especially like that promo where he said, you think the Sean Ross sap story's BS? It's not. That was a great fire promo. Maybe the best he ever cut. FightfulSelect.com. The glorious one says, I can see Punk turning heel like Bret Hart when he fought Stone Cold, but MJF stays heel. I love that so many people are just like, yeah, Punk, Punk will, but not MJF. He's, he's just trash. Jambeard says it was a great promo, but I refuse to cheer for him, let alone anyone from Long Island. And I get that. I understand that. I I agree. Alexander says it was a live masterclass on how to craft a sort of super villain origin story that wrestling has been missing for decades. This is the type of thing, Alex, that the all you people promos that we've been forced to sit through should be. I, I don't. Come on. Like, we're we're supposed to believe that it was all you people, but all of a sudden, just at the flip of a switch, nobody, they don't care about all you people anymore? That's why I liked Becky's thing. Becky was like, no, I loved being loved. It was my favorite thing to be adored. But then you came along, so I'm not blaming them. I'm blaming you. I thought that was even, that was leaps better than all you people. Oh, yeah. No, the all you people thing used to die. But um, uh, this, this, but, but so far beyond it, because it was also like, all you people are, I am one of all you people, because mm-hmm. I know you felt the same way I did. Like if you really, if you really think about it, you felt the same way I did when Punk walked away. He was like, "What? Well, when's he coming back?" And the idea that it, it took you years to realize he was never coming back. And now he gets to waltz back in here and be everybody's hero. No, that's not allowed. Like th- there's there's something really um, visceral about this, about this feeling. And I think that it's really awesome that we get to present in the moment. I keep thinking about this punk walking out and 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 wondering if it's true because MJF always lies, but also needing it to be not true because of what that does to him. And his outlook on things. I just loved it. Uh, by the way, guys, if you come into our chat making any insensitive jokes about uh, the Russia-Ukraine situation or really anything, if you make distasteful jokes about anything, you're going to be banned immediately. Uh, we actively discourage pieces of shit from watching our show, and it's uh, made for a pretty good business model for us. We're doing all right. So uh, just don't do it. Just be nice. It's all it takes. Curtis says he's seeing revolution in the theater, and I can't wait. I've said this time again, when I watched Stadium Stampede at Daly's Place, it made me want to watch in a theater. It seems like a very fun environment. Daniel says, when Punk turns, I want Eddie to be like, I told you. Mm -hmm. He should. 
He should. Yeah. Brent says Punk looking like he didn't know whether to punch MJF or hug him was masterclass. I don't even know if it was that. I think it was he didn't trust Punk. Right. I think that's ultimately what it was. Mandrew says, despite the fact I have no soul, I was almost in tears over that promo. Incredible stuff. A fantastic episode of Dynamite where even Jericho was compelling again. Oh, we're getting to it, buddy. Peyton says, Revolution is looking like one of the best pay-per-views in a long time. That MJF promo was absolutely uh, fantastic. One of the best segments I've ever seen. It was truly perfect. I, I'm loving the praise for this, too. Uh, I, I, I love it. Cornman uh, says, my God, that promo it took some real chutzpah. Shout out to my fellow Jewish marks. Yeah, shout out to all our Jewish viewers. We appreciate you. Nate says, still waiting for the other shoe to drop on that promo. Punk just got work to have sympathy for the match, and maybe MJF gets the last laugh. I, I do see some Shawn Michaels acting in the future here, where Punk is like, should I do it? Should I do it? And then maybe he does, and that's what sets it all up. Uh, Eloquent says the entire punk return run has been amazing. It's, it's been, it's had some story to it. And that's what I love. Shot kid says MJF in two weeks went from DC's original black Adam, a mustache twirling villain to the modern black Adam, a villain anti-hero born of tragedy and hardship. Ooh. And the, the fact that so many people are buying that. Oh, I love are it. You saying, and are you saying he's as good as the rock? Uh, who will be go. playing black Adam? There you go. Uh, MJF is trash. He he's gonna he's gonna prove himself to be a bad person. I can't wait. Irene says it was exceptional tonight, but I don't want to double turn. He's too great of a heel. MJF is, and most fans really still want to cheer for Punk. They do. There is a heel run in Punk in the future oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And Dan Janoff wraps up our MJF talk by saying, "I can't remember a night of promos like this one, but that MJF promo, my God." It gave a new definition to it hits different. MJF deserves all this praise. He deserves an incredible amount of praise for this. Something that I just realized that I that I can't believe is I can't believe they might be doing it. Back when Eddie when when Punk was feuding with Eddie Kingston and he and people were booing him in the match. And he started looking around like, why are you people booing me? Like you everybody, I'm I'm Uncle I'm Uncle Punk. You all love me. I'm back cheer for me and there was this really weird moment and i was like see punk the next guy he picked a fight with was mjf who he knew he would get cheered over but now mjf has turned it around on him where if he's too mean to mjf the people will boo him so he's right back to where he was this thing that he didn't want to be there's there's a really cool layer there for them to play with well mjf was upset that cm punk disappeared from wrestling for seven years but you know what you can disappear virtually for seven years with NordVPN.com slash Fightful because you can change your virtual location with just one click. That's right, NordVPN.com slash Fightful. You get a great deal and an additional month free. But the one of the greatest benefits of this is it can practically pay for itself when you subscribe to Netflix and other services from different countries so you're saving money maybe you hate the peacock layout well you know what you can sign up to the wdb network from a different country with nordvpn.com slash fightful and access content from over 59 different countries not only that but it protects you when you're traveling when you're on that unsecured wi-fi it's the fastest vpn in the world gives you peace of mind while traveling and you can use it on all your devices 
phone, smart TV, even your router, doesn't matter, your your iPad, your laptop, all that good stuff has NordVPN.com slash Fightful. And there's an out clause. We talk about people getting locked into these contracts and all that. How about this? 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't like the way it's going after 30 days, you get your money back. NordVPN.com slash Fightful. You can save money on pay-per-views. You can check out a lot of different services that stream wrestling and get a better deal on it with Nord. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time, but The question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. VPN.com slash Check them out. Hit them up at NordVPN on Twitter as well. Roll Ortega says, we have one dynamite left and we have Punk's response. Does MJF low blow like Cody during a hug or do we go into the pay-per-view with the sympathy oh. MJF? Ooh, Robert, that's a good one. What do you think? I think you have to go into the pay-per-view now with the sympathy. I would have said maybe the original plan wasn't to do that, but I think this is going to get such a great reception that they're going to switch plans. Man, the, the the overall, the overwhelming response in the building and on social media was like, oh my God, MJF, he, like, I really feel for him. So you got to ride that in. If, if if nobody was buying it, then you can easily have him have him turn around and, and, and reveal himself next week on Dynamite. But everyone's into it. So you got to ride that into the, into the match and figure out where in the match you have that moment of like, please don't do it to me, CM, you're my hero. And then he turns on him or something. That man DBD or DB says that MJF promo was hard times level, Kane Dewey level, truly timeless stuff. The thing I appreciate is the typo says muff. And let me tell you, if your muff is at hard times, check out manscaped.com. Code Fightful. 
Uh, it was an incredible promo. I really, really loved it. Um, just chef's kiss. Matt Carney says, gentlemen, out of these four options, was AEW good, bad, good, bad, or good, bad? I'm going to say it was good. It was I, straight good. I watched it tonight. I didn't think any of the matches were bad. I thought the promos were great. Eloquent is laughing at Bobby Fish screaming copyright infringement. We're seeing more of the personality of Undisputed Era. Well, I don't want to say more. We saw those therapy segments that were very, very funny last year. Jambeard says, if you want to hump more than Revolution will, get yourself a Helix mattress. Later. Later. Grayman says, SRS, what's up with Alex Shelley and Impact? Uh, he's not there. He hasn't been. I interviewed him a long time ago, and he ain't well, there. Well, he is back for uh, Sacrifice. Okay, that. Okay, sorry. Well, I mean, he's not there uh, on a contract. I should specify that. He's not signed to a new deal. Uh, he's He's working that date. And I don't know if he's working anything else beyond that. Uh, I know they've got a big roster overturn right now that I'll be addressing in the very near future. Uh, besides that, uh, from what I understand, Alex Shelley is very much a freelancer and he makes, makes people know that he's a freelancer. And for pretty much everybody's like, well, we want to work with Alex Shelley, so we're just going to do whatever he says type of thing. Uh, I'll, I'll dig into more of that. Says, what's up with AEW's 26 teams? They got a deep tag team division. Tate Twins in the Crockett Cup. Uh, the Tate Twins are, they wrestled around here a while. The the, the boys from A or from Ring Orange. of Honor back in the day. Uh, Cargill's undefeated streak. It's good. Tomatonga's Twitter tirade. Well, that's just business as usual, Grayman Media. I love a good uh, Tomatonga Twitter tirade. I love it. Jam Beard says, not AEW related, but did you see the interview from CBV with Taya? Some of the emotions she showed when she talked about leaving WWE. I have not yet. I will be checking that out. Chris does incredible interviews, and I know uh, he's got a good rapport with Taya, the former Frankie Monet. Uh, glad to see her back in AAA because I would imagine she'll end up in Impact as well. She should. Well, let's talk about it. The match was fine. Sure, the match was okay. Malachi Black, Brody King, Pinto Oscaro, and Pac. Now listen, I'm not diminishing the abilities of these men, but you guys don't give a shit if we talk about the match. Not, not a single one of you is like, you know, I want them to break down individually Pac and Pinto winning, winning this match. Although, cool. I love the finish. The reversal of the mist, very cool. Yeah, that was cool. So let's let's breeze through that, Alex. The match. Um, uh, a couple of things. Uh, Penta Oscuro's new entrance with with Abrahante, Alex Abrahantes is basically his new vampiro. Like I thought that was awesome. Um, but there was one spot that I was like, this was uh, I've never seen this before, where um where. Brody King put Pac on Penta's shoulders and then chopped Pac so he did a poison Rana to Penta. Like, I have never seen that before. That was crazy. Like, and then he does a suicide dive like it's nothing. This man is a tattooed bearded refrigerator and he's just flying around the ring like he's like he's a cruiserweight. It's awesome. I, I really love the way he and Malachi work together. Um, and and yeah, you're right. The 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 finish was really cool with the forcing Malachi to swallow his own mist 
that was a cool thing too. And Malachi like going into like into like death throws in the corner, like trying to vomit it back up. That was all great, but none of that really matters because we got buddy. We we did. Sorry, Robert, you're not breaking down this match. We're talking about sirloin beef, sons of bitch, Buddy Murphy, now known as Buddy Matthews. So. I will have more on this on Fightful Select because there's an interesting wrinkle to this. But he is signed to the company. Now, um, as I mentioned last week, I reported FightfulSelect.com that Buddy Matthews was coming into the company. I I swore that I read on the internet, though, Robert, that the dirt sheet mark reporters don't spoil AEW surprises. i Thought I, I, I read that was the case. We don't spoil AEW. We're, we're on the I, payroll. I thought I read that, but you know what? It gets me a lot of fucking subscriptions. <laughs> so yeah, we do. We do because you know what? People enjoy AEW, and they enjoy reading about AEW. So this is the indication that um, this is a very good indicator of talented people going to a place where you know they'll even if they're not used at the tip top level people are going to say well he's not being used much better than a wwe he wasn't used in wwe now here's something very interesting when i talked to buddy last year i was his first uh interview after he got released and off camera i can tell you he was very much like Mate, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. He's like, I don't know if anybody will want me. And I was like, what? What do you What do you mean you don't know if anybody will want you? He's like, and that was easy for me to say, American, sitting here with my job and all that stuff. He is here on a visa. Um, And, and we got Amir saying, Jeff Hardy confirmed in an interview tonight. He's AEW bound. Will he be at Revolution? He's been... That's they've been tossing that around nonstop. We'll have more on that soon. Yeah. FightfulSelect.com. But back then he was like, I've got like this amount of time to get a visa and get out of here or, or, or get out of here. That was like six months ago, Alex. Yeah. And they don't let you just hang out in America without a work visa for like six months. So yeah. I'm going to try to dig into to how far back this deal was done. But God almighty, he looked big. Shot Kid says, is he a sirloin beef sons of bitch with that that body? He he ain't far from it, buddy. Alex, I know you were over the moon excited about this and to learn about Buddy Matthews' workout routine. Oh my God. Um he like I when he when he was like, I got I had to cut weight to get down to the 205 thing so I could be cruiserweight champ. And yeah, I know you did. Um, but now it's like I didn't have to cut weight for anything. So it's like, let me put on all the pounds directly onto my chest. My goodness, that man does a thousand pushups. Um, but I loved when he came in and Alistair Black, Malachi Black, who was then Alistair Black, they have that 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 moment of like, oh, he, he looks like he's seen a ghost. And 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 you knew the whole time he was gonna he was gonna turn and, and hit Pac, but it was still so sudden when he did it. Gosh, he's just the velocity of that guy, the how fast he moves, how quick he is. Like now that he's here, pardon me for leaping ahead of the obvious six-man tag whenever Phoenix is healthy, and singles matches with with Penta, with Pac, holy God, and with Phoenix. 
by Jesus. But beyond that, think of all the things that are out there for him to do. Like, I mean, not that we need it, for example, but they have one more uh, qualifying match currently out there for the for the Revolution ladder match. What if Buddy was in the last one, the one they haven't announced yet? What if? I mean, just saying, what if? And you could throw him in there with all those hosses and have him say, not back down from Keith Lee and, and toss Ricky Starks over the place. And it'd be just, ah, he is one of my favorite wrestlers ever. That run he had at the top of the Cruiserweight division on 205 Live, where I was one of 14 people watching. I loved what he that what that guy could do in there. I can't wait to see what he can do with the top top guys in AEW. It's gonna be so. Great. As I look back, it was seven months ago I interviewed Buddy Matthews, and he told me, "Let, let me get the specific quote." He said that he was about two hundred and twelve pounds then. My God, my in God! It is it is chest. He is yes. Uh, Sova says, give me Pack and Buddy Matthews, please. Jambeard can't wait for that match as well. Robert, your thoughts on Buddy Matthews. So one of the coolest things is the gear is exactly the same. So if you're just fresh off WWE TV, you think he just popped up. Oh, my God, it's Buddy Murphy looking exactly as he looked. It's great. He did the thing to the eye of uh, Malachi Black. So maybe there, there's something there that they have to address. But Alex was talking about the matches that he could have. And I'm sitting here thinking about John Moxley. Mm. Here's Buddy Murphy who took Roman to the limit, who was under Seth's watchful mm-hmm. eye. Ooh, that's the things fun. he's going to do and say to Story. Moxley, it's going to be so good. My God. that's And that's one that I hadn't even thought of. And it's like, that's a Dynamite main event one day. That like they can They can run that. Nerd Guru says Buddy Matthews ate all of 205 Live and turned it into muscle mass. He's yoked. <laughs> <laughs> Let's rejoice for Joe Holbert. Oh, I bet he's happier than a pig uh, and shit. He should be. Anakin says Alex and Penta looked like they came straight out of the castle section of Resident Evil 4. <laughs> and Sandoval says if Cody losing Cody means we could use his money to get three or four wrestlers like Lee, Matthews, Swerve, and Gresham, that's fine by me. I'd trade all of them to keep Robert on Fightful. <laughs> I'm fair. Robert's asking price isn't that high. So I mean, maybe it should be. This is (laughs) let's ask Jeremy. Uh, Jordan says, did black say to buddy do as you promised before he hit Penta makes me excited uh, that they'll feud again at some point. And what that'll mean. Did you notice anything like that, Robert? He seemed to be a little hesitant to truly be evil. Cause remember he is a guy who went from, I'm the Messiah. I will do evil to know I have, I'm a reformed man to now I'm just a lost soul. And I guess he's still that lost soul trying to find his way. But I, I enjoyed this a lot. And I think if Phoenix is healthy, I would trade the one tornado trios match that we'll talk about at the Mm pay-per-view for this to be that. Christians is buddy niece and Omega. Give me all the knees. Nice is one that I listen. He's he's a fantastic wrestler, but I feel like for the positions they've used him in, they could have done that without even signing him. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't have to sign him to have him face Sammy Guevara. An amazing wrestler, though. Tremaine says, "I know Sean doesn't want many titles, but would you do a lightweight title for guys like Buddy and Swerve, or use the TNT title?" I wouldn't. I 
I don't know that at this stage I would bring in a lightweight title anywhere because we are seeing more of a transition to wrestlers looking more like lean athletes than pumped up full of steroids type of guys that that have been shown throughout decades of MMA. Uh, they don't actually work that well in fighting situations. They gas out really quick. There are outliers like Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar, but they should be outliers. It should be special that they are what they are and can do what they do. Alicia says, Buddy's chest looks like some buttered rolls from the Golden Corral buffet. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. People talking about the buffet last night. They were talking about the butt fay last night. Unreal. Unreal, you you heathens on the internet. Heathens on the internet. Somebody tweeted, got them shitters last night on the internet. Got them shitters on 22222. Come on. Anakin JMT says, hope someone asks, how's Aaliyah? That will be said in a promo in the future, Robert. I expect for it to come in this where he's feuding with luchadors. I think they're the ones that have to do it. Yeah. South by Grace says, Punk, Lee, now Buddy Matthews. AEW is slowly only getting the guys that I cared about in WDB. Guess that makes me a fan. There you go. There you go. Nerdguru says, Manifest, Omega and Matthews V-trigger each other. Oh, yeah. Repeatedly. One in. Well, they're going to do a in. match that's just knee after knee after knee after yeah. knee. Yeah. Yeah. Jarlock says, awesome to see Buddy Matthews tonight. The dude looks jacked. I like the story they're setting up between he and Black. Keep hitting the dog, and eventually the dog will bite you. I'd, I'd prefer you don't hit the dog at all. Like, that's, well, that's, the, that's the thing. Is what, they're, what they're setting up is that he is very much a disciple of the Knights of the Black Throne. Now, you can tell that Black and Brody King have a relationship. Ab, ab, where Malachi is the leader, but the number one lieutenant by far is Brody King. And then, like, almost the intern is Buddy Matthews, the way that they were treating him and treating each other. So what we're going to eventually get is more Buddy Matthews versus Black matches, and they're going to be under this umbrella where they have the license to go 22 minutes and just murder each other, and it's going to be the best thing ever. I can't, I can't wait for that stuff. Tremaine wants more Nikita coverage Tuesday nights. Uh, the post NXT show with Alex Palowski and uh, Kate. Uh, if you want more Nikita coverage, talk to the wardrobe people because there was not a lot of coverage on Miss Nikita last night. I think I think the the wonderful lady that she beat last night got plenty of coverage. Um, she was covered. It was a pretty sound cover, if you ask me. Bill says, wonderful storytelling, that is all. Amir says, will there be a Joker in the ladder match, and do you think it'll be Swerve? If there is, I think it will be him. Yeah. Cactus says, what kind of announcement could TK have that they have to be held under an NDA until it's announced? That usually means something broadcast-related, but that is a hunch that isn't a report. Uh, Robert, would you like to recklessly speculate? Yeah, so he's saying it's like the first dance, but not... I'm thinking if it's not just a streaming platform, which is where my mind says it will go, I think maybe they got Okada for something. Shit, really? I don't I don't think they'd be under an NDA for that. I don't. Alex, what do you think? I mean, I, I don't know. My 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 thought is something along the lines of like of an ROH tape library thing where we That'd could be nice. use that to like 
expand our our over you know our, our because they, they don't have a history it's a lot easier to get to get a streaming service when you hey hey look at our archives you have all these things that people will come and watch right now it's like two years of dynamite and a few pay-per-views if they added that to it it would make them seem a lot more um a lot more uh, lucrative to people who might want to give them a streaming service Jambeard mentioned buddy and darby oh i want to see buddy hoss darby around oh we, man that's what i want to see james <sighs> says what's your current take on the aw product does losing cody hurt them losing cody hurts them if cody was going to be involved in big important stuff if he was going to have the cody verse and blow five months on a shitty agogo storyline and a shitty nightmare factory storyline then no because we didn't need that so it, I think it, people are downplaying Cody severely, though. Yeah, the Cody verse sucks, but I think everybody acting like Cody leaving is no big deal. That's a huge deal. He's one second of biggest story we've ever covered. Second it, biggest by by numbers, clicks, subscriptions, Robert. It is somehow simultaneously a huge monumental story. And currently, in the short term, right now, not that big a loss for AEW. Yeah. Look at look at this card they've stacked with that has that like the, like there's nothing you like Cody wasn't doing anything currently when he left that like oh well we got to replace his big match he was building on the card no he's just gone like he, he's gone we don't even think of him right now short term it helps WWE way way more than it hurts AEW and I do think long term that it it does hurt AEW because I think there's so many stories in oh, well, we know that he doesn't talk to Omega and the Bucks, but now they're on screen together. That was a story I wanted to see played out. Um, yeah. Johan uh, talks about Thunder Rosa's promo and says, can't help but feel they dropped the ball a little bit with the Britt Baker-Rosa feud. Rosa's climb to the top has felt sporadic, and given that she'll probably win the belt at Revolution, she deserves more. I wish they would have made Britt a little more desperate to not want to run it back with Rosa. I feel like this should have started about three or four weeks before that. And Rosa should have ran through like Brit should have used every excuse in the book. Well, you lost to Jade. You shouldn't get a title match. Oh, it's a new year. I'll give somebody else a title shot. And then Rosa's like, no, I'll beat all three of your girls. Then I'll win a battle Royal. I don't give a shit what I got to do. I'm, I'm coming for your stuff. Uh, Alex, how do you feel about this? Cause I do, I'm, I'm pumped for the match, right. but I feel like they could have, done more with this this is why i thought this whole time they were going to wait until double or nothing for it yes. i thought they were going to find some roadblock for rosa for this for this thing and have her have to start back at one because she lost a match or whatever along the way and she had to like build it back up to the to be and and by the time we got to double or nothing the story going from the beginning of march until the end of may was going to be Brit ducking or throwing obstacles in the way of Rosa because she knows she'd lose to Rosa and she wants to be the longest reigning, you know, champion ever, all that kind of stuff. I think it is kind of rushing it to get to this point. And at the same time, it also feels like forever since that thing, because it's almost been a year since that match they had the, the lights out match, which I thought was, oh, now we're going to get it as soon as, as soon as uh, Brit became champion. Like that's her forever enemy is Thunder Rosa, and it hasn't been. And now I'm ready. I'm ready to see Rosa as champ. But but it does feel like they could have done something more 
to get this build. It feels like they saw what they were going for with Revolution as a card and said, let's do it here so the card feels even greater. But I think that they rushed it. And I think you could have had a few weeks of thinking Mercedes and Jade were together. And then it, the reveal is, no, she was Brit's hire. And then there, there's months worth of story there. And I feel like they just rushed to it to get to the pay-per-view. Brendan says, I'm expecting shenanigans at Revolution regarding Brit and Rosa. Dynamite's in San Antonio two weeks later. Something big happening for Rosa. I don't think they're going to do shenanigans at the pay-per-view. I don't think. I think they want to condition their audience to, to, I mean, maybe because the show's so stacked, they can get away with it. Maybe. Speaking of stacked, check out our wrestling roundtable next week. Shaquille Missouri uh, revealed on Twitter today that uh, myself, Denise Salcedo, and Adam Blompier will all be on the panel for the upcoming Fightful Wrestling Roundtable. It is Tuesday, March 1st at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. I am so excited to do this show with those three. Uh, I've had a lot of fun doing Wrestle Talk and Parts Fun Known stuff with them. So check it out. Sawyer mentions, I dig Battle Royals and even back... Uh, the back-to-back pairing of them for the tag match, but it weirdly bothers me that one has the extra casino gimmick. Feels so random, and the asymmetry is unlike Tony, WTF. Any thoughts on this, Robert? I think they were going to do the casino battle royal at the pay-per-view like they did last year, and they said, let's just do it on Dynamite and make Dynamite feel more special. Yeah, I, I think it would, to me, it would make more sense to do the gimmick one first. And then everyone who lost that, we're throwing you all in the ring and let's see what happens. Um, I think it might be uh, uh, better that way. But at the same time, I like that they're different. I do like that. Uh, maybe if one was the Battle Royal, one was more like a tag team turmoil or something like that. But but um, I'm, I'm just, I, if the Casino one is even half as good as what I thought this Battle Royal was, I'm, I'm going to be uh, as happy as a pig and shit. Matt Carney says, to use the seasonal metaphor, AEW has left its spring stage and entered the summer stage. And uh, will the autumn arrive? Very clever. Very clever. Uh, Anakin says, as someone with ADHD who did struggle to have friends in school, I was wary about uh, the MJF promo as being something made up, but I liked how it ended. MJF using a real-life story uh, to sucker punk in and taking pity on, I am okay with. Any any thoughts on that, Alex? Well, what I what I love about it is that everything that he said tonight can be true, and it could have it, all of that, all of that pain from earlier in his life could have made him into an irredeemable piece of shit. Like who who would use Punk's sympathies for the real life story to gain one upsmanship on on Punk and try and beat him at Revolution? Both of those things can be true. It's just not a black and white story like people want to see so many times. I love that we're going into revolution and I don't know how much or if any of this story will be will prove to be a work or a swerve. I just love that there's that there's this element of I'm not sure what this match is going to be now when last week I knew what it was. It was Punk using a dog collar match stipulation to punish MJF. And now I wonder if MJF has tried to get Punk to not want to punish him anymore. Yeah. 
And that's it's exactly great. it. It's great. Because they, they've erased the interference. They've erased, you know, the ability to run away. So how do I make you not hurt me, even though you're tethered to me? It's just great. I'll tell you that it's true. I was bullied and you were my hero. Brendan says, give me one dynamite that's a giant tag gauntlet, just one. I'm surprised they've never done a Raw Rumble before. I'm surprised yeah. they've never done that for a ratings boost. Derek says he knew it would be revolution. They had Sheeta go over a year as a champion and didn't think Britt would go a year or two. I thought if anybody would, it would be Britt um, after that. Ricky Starks defeated 10. I really thought that we could possibly get an all sirloin beef sons of bitches battle or like ladder match, but this match was good. It was uh, fairly short with the commercial, but make no mistake, Ricky Starks winning was absolutely the right decision, Robert. Like as much as I want to see the beefy boy beat down, Ricky Starks needed to win this match. I did think about that as well. And I also think this was maybe your slight little taste of the Cody verse, because if you watched Roads to the Top, then you know these two are very much linked to Cody. I thought it was fun to see them work together. I don't like the spear for Ricky. That's the feeling I left with this, because Ricky is a small guy, and even though he probably hits it quick and effectively... I think he can come up with a better move. But yeah, Ricky Starks should be TNT champion by All Out at least. Well, after this match, Alex, uh, backstage, Ricky Starks runs into Keith Lee. The imitation. Oh, it was so funny. It was Ricky's, Ricky's so good. There are shades of the rock there. They really are. And the imitation and all that. And he he's able to do it without a lot of the things that the rock leaned on a lot of the low brow stuff that didn't age well, um, which I think is, is a huge benefit of him. Then we see Hobbs and Lee look at each other. Now, from what I understand, they legitimately did not see eye eye to eye for a a long time. So I want to watch them fight each other. (laughs) Um, This, this has what it's, this is one of those things AW gets to do is they get to put, Hobbs and Lee standing there and they can have, they'll be a part of this ladder match and they'll kill each other in the ladder match briefly. I don't expect them to like do all kinds of crazy things, but what that it will do in that ladder match is give you even more of anticipation for when they do have a one-on-one face-off and that match is going to register on the Richter scale. Like I can't wait for those two beefy boys to just batter each other it's ah it's gonna be so great and i love that i love the wrinkle of getting starks and hobbs in there together because it's not it's not a it's not a it's not a battle royal well eventually they they can't work together because one of them's got to win the idea that these guys the whole time that it's probably going to be hobbs who's covering for ricky and running defense around the base of the ladder, making sure nobody can pull him off it, as Ricky is the fastest guy in the match, clambering up the ladder. And, and then you got to figure out how are Wardlow and Lee going to respond to that. There's a really cool wrinkle in the in the booking of this ladder match. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, <laughs> Daniel says when Brody uh, King faces Keith Lee, it'll be fire. They got, they got a lot of big sirloin beef sons of bitches. Yep. Uh, Mark Losper says Hobbs and Lee fixed their issues though, right? I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know if there were issues. I don't know how deep it was. I just heard they didn't see eye to eye at all times. Maybe they didn't. I'm interested if I kind of hope they didn't. 
Doesn't mean they can't work together <laughs> in the ring, you know? Yep. Kind of hope they didn't a little bit. That way I can see them fight each other and, and lay it in. I uh, like but, that you can look at a stare down like this and go, those guys are wrestling. Like, they're the stereotypical pro wrestlers, and you know that they're actually going to deliver. Like, it's not going to be, you know, like Vader, Ultimate Warrior. It's going to, like, be as good of a match as you could get from Darby and Ethan Page, but with a bigger element to it. Bill says, so I take it Buddy and Aaliyah have broken up. That they have. Uh, <laughs> you never know. We got HFO versus Darby, Sammy and Sting at Revolution. Uh, Jay Mills says, a great show. I was a little disappointed about the trios match in Revolution. Would have preferred to see a triple threat match for the TNT title or just Darby Andrade. Well, this was a way to get Sting on the pay-per-view. Yeah. That's what they want to do. They want to get Sting on the show. I got no problems with this booking, Alex. I'm, I'm all right with it because what you'll be able to do is have Sting jump in for three or four spots, mm -hmm. highlight him, they'll get the win, and presumably, cool, everybody's happy. Presumably that's what Private Party is there for, to take to take one of them to take the pin. I think Andrade will look really great. Um, uh, and um, we're, we're, I guess we'll, we'll assume that whoever wins that, uh, that, that ladder match is the one who takes the title off of Sammy. Like, that's what I feel like is there. Whoever wins that, they're building that guy to win that ladder match is going to be the one who takes the title off of yeah. Sammy. They get the but, immediate shot on Wednesday, right? Following the pay-per-view. That's what they did last year. Perhaps. Yeah. You know, this is the one match that I could have done with being on a rampage or a dynamite. Of course it is to get sting on the show. Mm -hmm. But I think with a live rampage that uh, that week, you could have done that in Orlando on rampage. We had Jade Cargill defeating Bunny. Colin Bennett says Jade's way of leaning back and forth between heelish and face against baby face for heels is impressive for someone so new. I agree. She she is able to transition because she's a likable person. She's a likable person because she beats the shit out of people and wins matches. Uh -huh. Who doesn't like a winner? There's a reason why bandwagon, or bandwagon fans, pardon me, bandwagon fans exist, and that's because people want to cheer for winners. Mm -hmm. They want to be on that bandwagon. And um, I like this. What I didn't like was the finish of this because I don't need Matt Hardy. I don't need smart Mark Sterling getting involved in this match. And Kevin Steet says, do you think someone of Jade's stature should care? Sterling gets thrown out ringside. In the end, it didn't matter, but a small thing I didn't like. No, I don't think she should, much less get distracted and almost rolled up by it, Robert. And the crowd almost bought that as a finish. But you don't understand is Matt Hardy is acting erratically. And that's all that matters that here is. is that Matt Hardy just can't be controlled. I thought this was good, uh, Nobody thinks the bunny was going to win. And Jade is a star. She might be more of a star than anybody on WWE television with scant exception. You know, Jade just gets it. And I do think that near fall on the roll-up was maybe too close, but it was good to see that she's becoming more susceptible because at some point she's going to have to lose and we need to start getting there. Um. The one thing I that I did appreciate was was utilizing a heel versus heel matchup with where each heel has a manager who gets involved every time of them both doing it and both tossing a weapon 
and then berating each other about, hey, you're not supposed to do that. I'm supposed to do that because they're only used to wrestling people who don't have managers who throw them weapons. And I thought that that was at least clever, but it wasn't necessary in, in this in this particular match. Um, I, I think I think Jade is improving all the time. She's only going to get better and better and better. I, I, I shudder to think what she's going to be like in 18 months, two years. It's going to be crazy. Uh, Nerd Guru says, Jade is not only getting better every week, she's making all of the internet thirsty with her tweets. I'm on board with her. Man, she won me over. And Nate says, who doesn't love when Aubrey tosses people out? Uh, and we had a super chat earlier by, that said, shame. <laughs> what happened? I was doing the old Aubrey thing, and I hit the shelf well, behind me. And... I mean, they got tossed out. There you go. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Adam says go Reds. We had somebody saying a shame that Aubrey got bought out by uh, Smart Mark Sterling. Well, uh, Jay also says I love Jade. No sells people running to the ring because she isn't afraid of anyone. She's getting so good. She shouldn't be afraid of anybody. Yeah. I thought the post-match was awkward, real awkward. Like, they went from, okay, here I am, to, bitch, real quick. What I did like was Jade kissing her on the forehead a little bit. You know, like a little good kiss goodnight. Almost like Ty Conti was about to go to sleep on her Helix mattress. Helixsleep.com. Oh, man. It's wonderful. You got to give Helix Sleep a try. Invest in your sleep. I used to sleep on this terrible slab of memory foam. Not anymore. I took the Helix Sleep quiz, got matched to the Dusk model, and I went from being just a person who slept on my back to being able to sleep on my side. I used to wake up whenever I would naturally roll over. Now I'm able to sleep soundly through the night. They have soft, medium, firm mattresses, ones that will cool you down if you sleep hot, ones that are great for spinal alignment to prevent morning aches and pains, even a plus-size mattress for plus-size sleepers. So if you're looking for a mattress, you take the quiz, order it, and it comes right to your door shipped for free. You don't have to go to a mattress store. That was a big point of attraction for me. Go to helixsleep.com slash Fightful. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to the customized mattress that will give you the best night's sleep of your life. And they have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. If for some reason you decide that sleeping isn't right for you, you can send it back. I mean, it's, it's dumb. I don't know why you'd be dumb and do that. But you know what? By golly, you can do it. They're not going to sit there and give you grief about it. They're going to say, all right, cool. You hate sleeping. You don't like good rest. That's your prerogative. That's okay. I don't get it. I don't know why you do it, but I do know why you would go to helixsleep.com slash Fightful. And that's because you get up to $200 off all mattress orders plus two free pillows. My God, can you believe it? Can you believe it? $200 off and two free pillows. I don't want to be too loud because Alex and Robert are sleeping, but they're not using the Helix mattress. So if I do something like this, they'll just wake up. See? See? Isn't that stupid? Isn't that stupid that they don't have helixsleep.com slash fightful? That's stupid. And I, I just woke him up. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry, but I had to do it. Get off your ass. Get a Helix. 
then get back on your ass. Jam Beard says, looking forward to the Ty Jade match. For the love of God, give me Jade and Taya or crossover. Jade and Jordan Grace. We need to see more um, crossover between Impact and AEW, but I don't think we're seeing those anytime soon. Will Ray Phoenix ever be AEW champion? Says Fear and Loathing in NYC. I don't. I don't think so. But you, how, what about you guys? I mean, maybe like he's a great wrestler, so they're going to be tempted at some point. I, you know, it's not the era that it used to be, and right. maybe he can bring some new fans for them. I, I, I think, I think there's a really good chance of of an excellent TNT championship run, where he gets that belt. And you don't you don't need to cut promos and stuff like that because all you got to do is wait in the ring for your next guy who comes out and then you jump all over the ring and go crazy. It'll be a lot of fun. Mark Losper says that Hobbs is awesome, but Lee needs to turn him into a pretzel on his way to holding every title in the world until Joe chokes him. Oh, I think Lee's got to hang or, or Hobbs has got to hang in there with with Lee. Mark also says Alex and Robert sleeping while SRS is talking is the sort of image that the Internet's going to do something stupid with. I hope. I hope. Oh, boy. So, when I complain about Jericho going for low-hanging fruit stuff in promos, and I say, why is he doing this? Why why GFY? Why this? Why that? Why blockhead over and over again? What we saw tonight is why. Jericho did... Jericho showed probably why MJF is one of his influences. He cut deep. He talked about Eddie Kingston's family. He talked about him being a loser. He used words that were completely out of uh, Eddie Kingston's vocabulary. A, a car guy says, I'm hitting refresh on shop AEW waiting for my I got a GED shirt. Mm-hmm. Alex, this is the type of promo that makes you want to watch two guys fight, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Um uh, I, I I love uh, everything about Eddie Kingston. He's he is he's amazing, uh, and I love I love that he's like. Can we? Can, are, are we all done stroking your ego? Can we all stop singing your stupid song? I'm like, yeah, that's me. Thank you, thank you, Eddie. I, I'm with you. Um, I love I love all that. I thought that the first part of of um, of Jericho's thing, like you're just jealous of Chris Jericho. That was that was weaker than the second part, which was you're afraid of failure and why it's because all of your male robot role models were failures. So you secretly think that you are a failure. I thought that cut a little deeper than you're just jealous of Chris Jericho, which is like, why would Eddie Kingston be jealous of Chris Jericho, which was basically Eddie Kingston's retort is in this is back and forth. Um, I I thought all this was good, but I did, I did love like, man, I don't know what you, what are we doing talking? I just want to fight you. I want to fight. I'm not a sports entertainer. You want that? Go down the block. And I thought, I, I thought, Hey, go down the block. It's such a great, just a great way of saying get the hell out of the ring. Specifically, him saying bring out Willow Nightingale and mm-hmm. Chris Statlander yeah. was a great approach. Yes. A great way to name drop two people yeah. while while other yes. people are paying attention. Uh Kaysen says Willow asked if she missed anything on Dynamite tonight. Uh Phil bringing up what's a baby face. I love that. Yeah. I hate referencing baby face and heel in wrestling. Those should be words that don't exist. Uh, I, I know a lot of AEW talent took exception to Dan Lambert bringing up heels and heel turns mm-hmm. in promos. Uh, Robert, what stuck out to you in this promo? To me, it was so good and elementary. Well, 
Eddie Kingston, his whole appeal is he's your uncle that's just at the bodega on the corner just getting a sandwich. That's his whole thing. And it worked tonight because Jericho said, you're not afraid of failure. You're afraid to succeed because you know it will be gone just like that because you walk right off the edge of the mountain. And I think that works so perfectly. And Jericho stepped up and said, it's not Punk. It's not Danielson. It's not even the world champion. I am the man around here. I'm the guy you need to beat. And he set himself up to lose so perfectly that I don't think they can miss. I think this is the one that Eddie finally wins. But maybe my favorite thing was, don't give me the Jericho that lost to Orange Cassidy. Give me the one that bled in Tennessee. Give me the one that got 10 Rouge respect and give me the one that beat Rock and Austin. Like that, yeah, that's what we all want from you. Because Jericho. if you don't give me that, Jericho, I'm going to eat you alive. Like just when, when, when Kingston drops into that register in his promos, he is one of the scariest dudes in wrestling because you know he could do it. And I, I just, I love it. Whoo, boy. Uh, <laughs> Spicy Special says, fan of Eddie since 2010. Shakara, been good since. Nate says, Jericho referring to Cody as what's his name is mid. Yeah, just just say his name. Just say his name. But Jericho Um, can do that because Jericho is the sports entertainer who has the learning of, oh, we're not going to say his name. He's beneath us now. Also, good on Jericho for deciding, you know what? I should probably drop GFY after Moxley said, go fuck yourself on the air. Yeah. And to Jericho's credit, I'm pretty sure when he did that pre-tape where he said it, he didn't know that Moxley was going to say it live before that. Shot Kid says, a reminder why I love Eddie so much. Spoke nothing but the truth and suggested a great Hossett match to book. Uh, Book it, TK, you coward. Willow should be signed. And Chris says, him shouting out Willow made him so happy. That made me happy because she is a great worker. Yeah. Jay Larkin says, Jericho getting the abs ready for Revolution, thinking him and Kingston will be a great match. My God, what a promo. Jericho looks great. He has worked his ass off mm. and uh, looks in incredible shape. Chris says, Eddie with another amazing promo and brings back the Jericho that Levesque hated. Another great line during that. Um, and Mark says, basically this confirms Jericho still has the ability to do awesome stuff, but doesn't because he has terrible taste. I think. I mean, I mean, maybe it's just Jericho as a baby face now. It's like Hunter as a baby face. He relies on, you know, 97 DX, suck it, this, then, that. And Jericho's like, I'm Chris Jericho. Look at me. But this Jericho works so much better. There's nothing wrong with a 51-year-old being out of touch with a Target demo that is at least 15 years younger. But that's why you have a roster full of young people and you say, hey. Maybe give me some tips here. And, I, you know, I don't know if Jericho's ever done that. I'm sure that would be a big pride-swallowing situation for him. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing wrong with that. And Nurguru asks, what is that exactly is Jericho influencing? I mean, listen to the crowd. There are still people that, that like They him. love singing his song. When, when the promo started, they knew who they were rooting for. Sure. Of course. Hugh Janus. Says, I absolutely love Eddie Kingston, but constantly having different feuds centering around him. Proving he isn't a bum is getting tiresome for me. Time to move the story on a bit now. Well, I, I hope it's getting tired. 
like, think this, this has got to be it when he wins the big one by beating Jericho. Yes, because I'm sure it's tire- tiring to him too. Yeah. Like, and that should be something that he says is, I'm tired of people coming out and saying this. Like, I can only say, I can only nod my head and then get beat so many times. Yeah. Daniel says, love the Chris Eddie feud. Two guys who are not perfect, but one's willing to admit and the other one isn't. I love Eddie. Life is not always easy, and he's so relatable. All three promos were great tonight because they were by people, not superstars. That is a, a wonderful point, Daniel. And Spicy Special says he's the, Eddie Kingston's the only uh, wrestler he's been emotionally attached to since Eddie Guerrero. I have the Eddie RIP shirt. I got it No Way Out 06 in Baltimore. Uh, Eddie Kingston invokes that emotion because he is real. Guys, we are heading down the home stretch. Get in your Super Chats. Get in your Humper Chats. That is HumperChats.com. Most importantly, subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. I got a Q&A show coming up this week where I'll uh, answer a whole bunch of questions. But Diego said, hello, bad boys club. Revolution is stacked. Which match are you looking forward to the most? And which do you think will steal the show? I'm hoping for Rose's coronation. Which entrances are your favorite? Uh, F that F. I'm trying not to curse that much on the show. I'm most excited for Rosa and uh, Britt Baker. Uh, what about you guys? I want to see Adam Cole in the world title. That is it. That is what I am tuning into this show for. I want to see Adam Cole crowned. Outside of that, I'm sure the dog collar match will be great. That ladder match is going to be crazy good. That'll steal the show. And for me, like... It's the match that I think we're, we were supposed to get, but didn't. It's Moxley versus versus Brian Danielson. Those two guys are going to commit double homicide. It's going to be amazing. Matt says, will Tony Khan have to develop himself a healthy dark side in order to, in the future, deal with large egos, toxic characters, and misfire employees? He's got a stern side to him. Like that's it's He ain't just all sunshine and rainbows. He... He gets down to brass tacks when he has to. Al Kemp says, would love if AEW's women's division does an invasion angle with impact to set up an all-female battle of the belts. I think that would be a blast. I just don't think it'll ever happen. That would be great, but yeah. Tremaine says, probably late on this, but MJF may be the promo of the year. Believable babyface promo from a heel. I know a double turn isn't possible, but uh, buddy, anything's possible in wrestling. Anything's possible. And we are looking at a match that we saw on WWE TV several times. And we're pumped to watch it because we're getting Moxley and Brian Danielson at Revolution. This followed a really good Brian Danielson, Daniel Garcia match. We got reruns saying the main event is everything I wanted it to be. The show is stacked. American Dragon versus Red Death. Daniel Garcia humped. Revolution is going to be full of bangers, says Chris Reigns. But, uh, and Ricardo says they stretched each other out, loved it. Matthew said, was it slow to a fault? I think I overhyped myself for it. No. Anybody that, that listened to, like, like listened to me when Danielson was coming over, people were like, oh my gosh, will he be able to keep up with AEW's pace? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Or, or like, how will his pace change? He increased his pace to go to WWE. He worked a faster style in WWE than he did in Ring of Honor. This was standard. This was them holding each other in a Greco-Roman knuckle lock and elbowing each other in the face. I love that spot. You you seem excited to talk about it, so let's talk about that match, Alex. Man, 
when this, this just casually dropped in my feed about an hour before the show, I think, yeah. uh, on the t- Twitter, and I was like, "Oh my sweet baby Jesus, it's everything I've wanted." Like since 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 Brian Danielson got to to AEW and they were building Daniel Garcia already by having him be like the Rampage King. Like I was like, "Oh this this little guy, he has so much potential. I can't wait to see him in the ring." with Brian Danielson and they've just dropped it in my Twitter feed out of nowhere. And I was so excited for it. And it became the main event. And I love the, the, the stuff they did uh, backstage, those interviews beforehand. I thought that was great, but l- listen, we are going to look back on this night. 10, 15 years from now, when we all regard Danielson as the greatest to ever do it because I think he he's going to if he just goes on this three-year deal since he's that he signed last year and he says that's it I'm going to retire at that point he will still be in his prime when he retires mm-hmm. he's going to be great for this next two and a half years when he retires we'll by that point we'll think he's the best ever and he wrestled on this night who in the next 10 years we're going to all regard Daniel Daniel Garcia as the best pure technical wrestler in the world by the time he's 30 years old. And we're going to look back on the night as the first time they locked up as a seminal ro- moment in wrestling history. And it just got made on the fly on Twitter, like which is a crazy – it wasn't a built-up to a pay-per-view. It was just a, a match. And because it was just a match, they were able to like do some really cool previews for how they would wrestle each other as, as when it was, if it was part of an actual feud or a big pay-per-view match. All these really cool spots, very, very intricate ways of countering stuff and getting out of holes. Like it was just, it was basically Daniel Garcia's audition to be Brian Danielson one day. And he auditioned with Brian Danielson. It was so cool to watch. I loved it. And I can't wait for this pairing to do more as like a, an apprentice and master thing they could do together. And then eventually that's going to come to a head and they'll have to wrestle each other again. And there'll be some real heat behind it. Then I love this match. Jam beard says once again, main event Garcia, he's going to be the breakout guy in 2022 and rise close to the top. Like jungle boy did in 2021. It, the the follow-up of jungle boy has been less than though. Uh, Nerdguru says this is Brian firing a mirror of himself. And Brent says, silly Garcia, you can't dragon screw a dragon. The counter cool. to the dragon screw leg whip, Robert, was great. Daniel Garcia belongs here. But I, I love that they're 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 setting him up for a tutor, and that rules. Yeah, and like Alex sold it perfectly, so I'm not even going to try to touch that. But they made it very clear that Daniel Garcia is the guy he's been in there with punk he's been in there with danielson now he's got sting in in the ring and daniel garcia's fought everybody you could but daniel garcia at the end of the day was still not only choked out but choked out by brian danielson who was flexing that's the 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 old diaz brothers flex in the triangle and this is from a guy who who took the diego sanchez yes like he he takes these things that he recognizes from MMA that will be a hit in pro wrestling. It's so good. Did you spot the thing after after Garcia was choked out and Danielson got up? About five seconds later, he does this. Like he he kicked out because he didn't realize where he was. He he involuntarily kicked out on reflex because yes. he knew he was lying on his back. I love that little touch. 
Mark says, uh, the last three months of Tony Khan has convinced me that he has a dark side. Well, understandable. Jay Larkin says, never saw Brian Danielson, only saw Daniel Bryan. And holy shit, has he been amazing. <laughs> Easily yeah. my favorite wrestler. Uh, and BMF Dave says, Andrade versus Sammy Humped. Garcia Danielson was great too. Need Garcia and Mariardi to come out after Danielson and Mox are laid out bloody after their match. The group is formed. Well, Moxley comes out to save Brian Danielson. And Brian Danielson said, all right, you you got to bleed with somebody before you you side with them. I don't need this chair to make you bleed, but I don't got to bleed either. You just said you got to bleed with somebody. <laughs> oh, and there we are. Revolution. Raphael, our good friend, says, listen to the first 30 minutes of this show, tape the whole MMA podcast, and see you're still going. Good stuff. We're a 90-minute show anymore, fellas, at yeah. least. You guys send us super chats and humper chats. We're here for it. This is our most popular show every single week. So we're here for it. Alex, this is, I mean, completely, it was, again, an elementary thing. It didn't require a whole lot. This was common sense brilliance to set up a long-term storyline. And then, as you mentioned, another match. Yeah. Uh, I I, I love all this. I, I also loved... That he that he says to, to Garcia, that was exactly what I wanted to see out of you. Like there's a really cool thing there. There, like he's you are what I want you to be. You're, you're not there yet because you haven't been too training with me. Like all that kind of stuff is so good. And and then, like, as we said, we're gonna get this match at Revolution. And the worst thing that we're gonna get out of that is then a long-term feud between Moxley and Danielson because Danielson is going to yes. take it personally when Moxley doesn't join him or we get them joining forces, training up all these young, young lions. And then we're going to see come sign up some kind of split is Wheeler Yuta going to go with Moxley against, uh, against Garcia and Danielson. And Lee Moriarty says, you know what? Screw this. I'm going out on my own. Like, what are we going to do? How is that going to go? Is that going to be a year of storyline time? while they're all this amazing faction just ruining everybody's day. I can't wait to see where this goes. But eventually, when the whole thing falls apart, we're going to get more great matches when they all yeah. fight each other. Ah, Raphael said, when you get choked out, your body jerks awake like Garcia's did. It was a great touch because he's put in the work. Mm-hmm. Brendan says, now that Brian's countered Garcia's dragon screw, I'd love to see a woman counter Deeb's people watch tape in this universe. And that's a great touch. Yeah. Robert, we are looking at the current card for Revolution. Jurassic Express versus Red Dragon versus TBD. That's going to be insane. No rules. I mean, you don't have to enforce rules. You count the pin there. Right. Yeah. Count the pin there. The ladder match. You know it's going to be insane. CM Punk MJF dog collar. Britt Baker Thunder Rosa world title. Jericho Eddie Kingston. A six-man tag tornado match, which again is like, come on. Let's throw the psychology out the window. Let's not beat around the bush here, fellas. But it's got Sting in it as well. Yeah. Danielson versus Moxley. Hangman versus Adam Cole. Robert, right off the top of your head. As far as stacked shows go, we'll exclude WrestleMania. Can you think of many that were more stacked? Probably like Full Gear or whatever the last you know, offering from them was. They're really in a sweet spot right now where they can advertise pretty much anything and everything for these shows and still continue to nail it. And there's so much story in every single one of these rivalries 
And if there isn't, then they're just going to fly around and beat each other up. And it's what else can you ask for from wrestling? This reminds me of like, I think it was like spring stampede 99 and looking back, it wasn't as stacked as I thought, but like the top of the show was like Benoit and Malenko Raven and Saturn uh, Steiner and Booker T Goldberg versus Nash DDP flair Hogan and sting in a big match Mysterio and Kidman like this. This is them stacking as much as they can. Uh, nerd guru says, I can't believe that this is the guy that said fight for your dreams. Your dreams will fight for you. He's an animal. He kicks the teeth out of dreams. Now. My goat. Jay says, do we get Yuta and Brian Danielson next week? We should. We should. We should. And then after their match at at uh, Revolution, those three men need to come help them up. As they're, they're beaten down, they beat the shit out of each other. Those three guys need to come out. Then you're off to the races with Matt Seidel, mm-hmm. with 2.0, with yeah. best friends, with everybody. Yeah. You got stories. Brendan says that running down this card gives him goosebumps. Can't wait for it. And Ortega says uh, Danielson Garcia is an easy th- three and a half star match that left so much on the table for a five star rematch. Props to Brian Danielson for helping Jade in the ring. Jade Cargill mentioned that on Grapsity. Check it out every Saturday, guys. Uh, that is that is great. Mark says a show expanded by Super Chat. Sounds familiar. <laughs> well, here's the difference: the NXT post show is a two-hour show that gets yeah. extended to three hours. No, two and a half. It was, it was under two and a half this time, but it was the last time. That's of, because I gave it a hard out of two and a half. That's true. Before um, that, it was three hours. It was. Covering um, a two-hour show. That's true. This and it's not a, a good, though. It's not a good yes. two-hour show that you're covering. You're right. It's not. It's not. But we have a very loyal fan base that gives us lots of money. Yes. <laughs> well, this fan base gives us about two to three times as much money. Sure. To cover a good show, that show is two hours, and we get it done in an hour 40. (laughs) (sighs) Jambeard says, I want Deeb to start a a stable with Shafir and Hirsch. That would be cool. I I wouldn't mind that. And Alicia Ellis wraps us up by saying, imagine they have Buddy pulling Julia Hart to the dark side. Can't resist the young ladies. Ah, Come on. Let's not not do that. Uh, People saying, no Gresham. Read the report. On FightfulSelect.com, I reported he would be backstage, and he was. Uh, it was not. I reported that we didn't know if he would do anything on the air. He didn't. But you know what we do on the air? A Q&A show every week. Coming to FightfulSelect.com this week, as well as tons of breaking news. But Alex has a couple shows over there. The schedule will be adjusted a little bit next week because he's filling in for me on Friday and for Revolution. Alex, tell him what you got going on. Uh, uh, go, going on a little, uh, weekend getaway with the fam. So, uh, I'll, we'll do the, uh, SmackDown Sour Graps this Saturday night. Nice. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, twice a week, Sour Graps, uh, Mondays and, and usually Friday nights talking about Raw and SmackDown Tuesdays, uh, back to a hard two hour show for March because, uh, because the, the great Mark Wasper's uh, wish has gone has gone out. Yes. Um. On on Tuesdays on this show, uh, having a lot of fun. The NXT we have a lot of fun over there. People really seem to enjoy it. So uh, so that there's that. And uh, also, I will be doing the post SmackDown Rampage show next week and the post Revolution show. Which like, come on, that what a card that is! I can't <laughs> wait to see that show. 
Uh, Bill says the Alex and Kate Tuesday Variety Hour. I want to thank Kate for stepping up. Yes. Uh, Denise Alcedo needed the evening off on Monday, and Kate just stepped up immediately, and she was seamless. She was great. She was personable. Robert, what all do you got going on, my friend? Oh, I'm here every day writing up stories at Fightful.com. You can follow me everywhere at Dude Felice and check out to see where else I'm talking into this microphone. Big thank you to Luis for, for handling these insane Wednesday shows. Uh, Jambeard says, maybe if you did impressions or sung, this show would go longer. Alex and Kate are the royalty of Fightful. Well, if you want me to do some, you guys can get a cameo now. That's All true. the proceeds go to animal shelters local to my area. I'm very passionate about helping out animals. Uh, myself and my family have personally rehomed and vetted uh, gosh, nearly a hundred animals now over the past, uh, 10 years. So I really want to help some out. And I thought that would be a great way. I haven't been able to get physically to these shelters to, uh, donate my time as much as I'd like. So I thought, you know what? We'll get on cameo. I'll say something nice. I'll roast you. Don't ask me to plug your show. If I haven't watched it, unless you're paying like that $500, then you can, <laughs> then you can do whatever you want. But otherwise, uh, we'll have some fun. Uh, we greatly appreciate you guys. Leave a thumbs up on this video. Check out my interviews with Killer Cross and X-Pac. And I got some exclusive ones coming to FightfulSelect.com, including the worst goddamn interview I ever did. Awful. <laughs> it was so bad. It was, it was so bad. I get messages where people were like, Eric Bischoff was talking about it on his podcast. And then on the X-Pac interview, I said, man, I interviewed Virgil. He goes, oh, I saw it. I saw it. Uh, there was a top WWE wrestler that was like, what the fuck happened there? <laughs> you have to see how terrible this Virgil interview is, guys. Thank you all so much. We're out. <laughs>